This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Welcome to Watching the Throne, where we talk everything Kanye West. I'm Chris Lambert. And I'm Travis Bean, and we have a very special episode today. We have a guest. Yeah, it's uh, another entry into our... Uh, <laughs> Our interview series called My Story, where we interview people about their relationship with Kanye West. Yeah. Uh, before we get to him, we have to give a shout out to Jordan C. Johnson, our first My Story guest. Um, he made our in- a new intro song for us, and we forgot to credit him last episode. So now it's yeah, us making up for that. <laughs> and we used his music and didn't thank him. <laughs> and told him, fuck off. Yeah. That's just how we roll. Um, so today we have uh, Joshua Chaplinsky. He's the author of Kanye West Reanimator and the managing editor of Lit Reactor. Thanks for joining us, Josh. Thank you, guys. Uh, well, so before we get to all the interview questions, we're going to uh, do a little bit about Jay Z news since the rest of our interview is going to focus so much on Kanye. Uh, right, we can't forget about Jay Z. No, it is called Watching the Throne after all. So, yes. uh, Travis, what news do you have? Um, Jay-Z, he, he was going to have a party last Friday night at his house, but a bat got in, and he spent the, a better part of the night. He had to cancel everything. He had to tell everyone to go home. They kept showing up the door. He's like, I'm sorry. Like, I have to get this bat out of the house. And he spent pretty much the entire night getting it out. Um, he, he tried everything. He tried trapping it in his laundry basket. <laughs> he tried whacking up the tennis racket, and it just got back up, um, and then finally, it just left on its own. Man, that sounds. I like picturing him with like a, a fencing mask on and like right. the broom just running around. Were you place. there? That all happened. No, no, no. He tried literally everything we had at his house. That's. Well, I'm glad Jay Z was successful. Yes. Uh, my news is that he, uh, I guess it was after he got the bat out, he needed some relaxation. He went up to upstate New York to see some of the changing foliage. Um, right, but tragedy struck. See, he built a big pile of leaves and jumped onto it, thinking it would be like diving onto a pile of pillows. Uh, but that wasn't the case. He sprained his wrist, so it just wasn't a great weekend. It sounds like for Jay Z. You know what? I've noticed a trend. My Jay Z news are typically domestic issues, <laughs> and your Jay Z news are very tragic endings <laughs> and injuries. <laughs> well. It's, it's not always easy. <laughs> this is real life. Right. Uh, Josh, do you, uh, do you happen to have any Jay-Z news? Uh, I do, in fact. And, I mean, continuing the trend, it just seems like it has not been Jay-Z's week. <laughs> uh, reportedly, he fell prey to the dreaded Home Depot identity theft scam oh, that, that's happened to so many of us, you know. 
Home Depot's a big store, a lot of people in and out. They got the, the self-checkout, a lot of credit card numbers, and right. it's really easy for, for people to steal your credit card number and steal your identity. And uh, it happened to him. He was uh, there buying uh, a new weed whacker because uh, his old one broke because right. he was he gets a little too close to the fence, you know, when he's using it, and it just <laughs> dulls the, the, the wick or whatever you call it, the little piece that, that cuts the grass, so... He was in Home Depot, just like a regular guy like the rest of us, right. buying a new weed whacker, got his credit card info stolen, and then a couple days later, he, he got a call from his bank saying that there was there were a, a lot of suspicious charges uh, coming out of Maryland for some odd <laughs> reason, uh, $237 at a local Taco Bell. Uh, <laughs> couple other uh, uh, AT&T bills being paid wow um, some overdue library books it was just really you know good on the bank they realized right away these were not Jay-Z type charges right. and they were able to <laughs> credit his account and 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 you know put a hold on the car so yeah that I think this person missed a real opportunity to buy more extravagant things with Jay-Z's bank account <laughs> yeah i mean it seems they didn't know what they had you know i guess not i guess they i mean i assume it says jay-z on his card I, I would think they would just know but i guess not maybe they don't know who jay-z is yeah uh, i like to think that the person probably had all that taco bell and just couldn't do anything else <laughs> <laughs> like it just like weighed him down and he couldn't move yeah it's I'm sure at some point we'll see hospital charges trying to show up. <laughs> and then the police will zero in and they'll have their man. Yeah. Yes. Well, God, that's some great news. Thanks for Wow. Thanks that for was probably that up, the Josh. best round of Jay-Z news we've ever had. Yeah, that was oh. very, very exciting. Well, very thank, thank Jay-Z for living an exciting life. <laughs> right? <laughs> this is what it means to be a celebrity. You got to share. You got to share. Exactly. Well, so now we're going to get into, Josh, your story, eh? Which is very good. <laughs> um, so we're going to start with, uh, before embarking on the novella writing, uh, Kanye West, Reanimator, what, uh, what was your relationship with Kanye and Kanye's music? Um, basically, I, I didn't really have one. Like a, like a lot of people probably my age, I kind of, you know written Kanye West off as young people's music and I just was aware of his public persona and thought he was kind of a jackass, you know? Um, my personal taste in, in hip-hop kind of end is the year 1994, so <laughs> anything after that, you know, is ah, kids' music. Right. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, I mean, I just knew, knew his public persona and, and frankly didn't really like him he seems like kind of a jerk <laughs> kind of a you know so have you listened to his music now? um a little bit uh i listened to you know in my research for the book i listened to specific songs um that you know when i needed to that i thought would tie in with the story or i wanted to quote lyrics or stuff like story that is? so my story yeah <laughs> uh i gotta say uh, I mean, again, it's not it's not really my thing mm -hmm. uh, as far as hip hop goes. 
uh, I do like I do like that song Power though. It's got the the King Crimson sample in there, and it's kind of something different going on. It's got the some like tribal drums. I definitely dig that one. So yeah, it's pretty undeniably great. Yeah, yeah. So if, if that if the, if there's more like that, I can I, you know maybe I'll check it out. <laughs> see what I'm missing. Maybe we should make like a little uh, Kanye West sampler for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. These are the Watching the Throne approved Kanye songs, and we just <laughs> send you all of his albums. <laughs> you just send me everything. Yeah. We just cut out Breathe In, Breathe Out and just give him the rest of the songs. Oh, God, that song. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I do know, too, I've, I've, this, that song Bound 2 was just, mm-hmm. I thought it was ridiculously bad, and then <laughs> the video was even worse. I mean, I, I kind of feel like maybe it was some sort of self-deprecating joke or something, but... Oh, and then that whatever he did with Paul McCartney, though, that was just awful. With the only one singing. Oh, I remember Chris and I listened to that together for the first time. We were kind of like jaw dropped, staring at each other. I mean, that (laughs) we couldn't believe like how bad it was. Is an embarrassment for both of them, like and anyone who listens to it. (laughs) I'm on board with Paul McCartney and Kanye West doing songs together. I think, and you know what? I even like I love Kanye's voice. Actually, I like what he does. I can't get on board with the lyrics though <laughs> oh yeah the lyrics are so bad and just like the auto-tune like I'm uh, <laughs> oh yeah I'm into it but I know Chris is into it his whole his and like one of his favorite albums is all auto-tuned <laughs> the 808s and Heartbreak yeah, yeah. 808s which I, I like I don't necessarily like auto-tune I just like oh right what it's capturing on that album in terms of like right. the emotion scape that he was like trying to form Mm. Right, but it's funny to me that he then, because he was a uh, big on the production aspect of Jay Z's Blueprint Three, which had Death of Auto Tune. Yeah, yeah that, uh, that is mentioned in my book that came across in my research. It is <laughs> building up to the climactic finale of your book. <laughs> yeah, um, he did always cause a rift between Connie and Jay Z. The fact that you know Jay Z wrote that song "Death of Auto Tune," and before that, the two of them had a collaboration that was supposed to wind up on that album, which featured Auto Tune vocals. But then Jay Z figured, you know, oh well, since I got the whole "Death of Auto Tune" thing going on, you know, this track isn't really good for the album, and, and Jay Z never got over that slight. Right. <laughs> I mean, uh, Kanye never got over that slight. Of course. You know, one of the things that really fascinated me about your book is that since Watch the Throne came out, I've really been fascinated by the idea that Kanye West and Jay-Z have had like a a huge rift in their relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was cool that your your book investigated that a little bit, or at least used that idea as a formation and building up to the finale. Yeah, I mean, I, I use that idea as fodder, but I mean, it definitely came from things I read online and in the tabloids that there was this perceived, you know, tiff between the two of them, and everyone was scrutinizing every little thing Kanye said at his shows, and they were like, oh, this line in this song was a slight against Jay-Z, and <laughs> I mean, it was probably more in people's mind than anything, but yeah, it was it was perfect, you know, fodder for uh, for conflict between the two of them in the story. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Well, did anything really surprise you as you were researching, for good or bad? Whether it made you like think Kanye uh, was worse than what you thought, or maybe a little better? No, not really. I mean, I basically, I mean, most of my research was like biological data and like the timeline of of his uh, 
the timeline of his career and like, you know, from, from his college days to where he is now. And, and then, and the rest of it was mostly musical and any kind of like personal stuff was, you know, drawn from the tabloids. Cause obviously that's going to, you know, be funnier to incorporate. Yeah. And I mean, who that's really knows who Kanye is? I mean, he's got so many different faces he presents, mm-hmm. you know, no one could ever truly know who that man is. <laughs> I think a lot of, personally though, there's probably a lot of your opinions coming out of it because you do kind of like, there's a slide against 808s and Heartbreaks. Like, and people today have kind of embraced that album actually and realized how influential it was. So for <laughs> you, was that kind of a, like, this album sucks? And like, Well, like, I mean, first of all, influential on who? I would but, say Drake, uh, oh, like yeah. XX. Drake's another one who I don't, I don't view him very highly. I don't even think, I mean, does that guy, is he actually a musician or is he just, I think he's just a meme as far as I'm concerned. I see him <laughs> on the internet in like seven second bursts. I don't know. I'm big on Drake, so we can get into that. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm I don't really that. know that much. And I don't, honestly, I don't know that much about, uh, I mean, 808s and Heartbreak, I probably just heard one or two songs. So I, I don't really yeah. know what I'm talking about. But I did, I guess in that respect, my my opinion, based on what it is, is present in the book where I kind of like, I take some digs at Data Weight and Heartbreak, and uh, obviously I'm kind of making fun of Kanye's persona, and right. it's like, his egomania and that sort of thing. Yeah, but, uh, I, I didn't want to go, I didn't, sorry, I didn't want to go too overboard with it and make it seem like I was writing like a hate book, you know? Yeah, I didn't get that feeling. I was just wondering where the line was, because you mentioned that a lot of the, just like a lot of the information you get is from like these articles you read online. And I know like kind of when 808s came out, it was treated as a joke. I guess like these days, I just don't see it anymore. So I was just wondering where that line was. Mm. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think it comes off as hateful or anything. I I thought it was kind of funny. It had me like giggling sometimes. (laughs) Like it was just, because like I love Kanye and I, know that there's like this perception about him and like this book kind of like accentuates that and everything so like yeah and you kind of like love love him you know for everything he is the good and the bad you know so some mm-hmm. people love that love the, his craziness like that's a big draw for some people like his you know just the wackiness of Kanye West so yeah, and sure. I, I think that's uh for Kanye fans or people that hate Kanye I think the book has appeal to either team Totally. Yeah, because yeah. for people that love Kanye, there are like a lot of funny things. Like the whole Dame uh, section was pretty yeah, hilarious was awesome. to me. <laughs> and uh, so there's all these little things where it's like sort of humor for Kanye like heads. But then for people that want to get some like Kanye lampooning out of it, their lines like the 808 one, like the Kardashian one, yeah. like the commentary on only one that's going to really like appeal to the people that are picking this up to get some of that like uh smark towards kanye yeah well good i'm glad that came across because i was definitely trying to you know find a balance men write something that people who dislike him could enjoy then people who like him could enjoy i wanted it to appeal to you know hip-hop fans to horror fans so Mm -hmm. that's good to hear should we cover? I, we didn't do this. Should we cover what the book's actually about? Oh, yeah, maybe that maybe that helps <laughs> the stage. Sure, <laughs> maybe give a quick rundown. I mean, basically, it's 
a, re, a reimagining of, of H.P. Lovecraft's short story Herbert West Reanimator, uh, which was kind of serialized in like I don't know, like the nineteen tens or something, in six sections, and uh, I just basically took that and reimagined it with Kanye West as the main character, basically because I mean I, it was kind of like an associative thing. It was like Herbert West, Kanye West, Herbert West, Kanye West. Like it just popped into my head <laughs> and I was just like, Oh, that, that needs to be written. Why not? That seems, that seems like something the internet would enjoy. So, <laughs> yeah. so I mean, it, it started out where it was, it was more kind of a joke and I was just gonna, as an exercise, replace every time it said Herbert West, just change it to Kanye West and see how that worked. But I found as I went along that, it sounds weird, but I found a lot of similarities between the two characters, how they're both kind of like outcast for their genius and they feel everyone's against them and they're trying to do this great work that nobody else understands. Mm-hmm. And so I, I saw a lot of parallels between the two characters and then I just started applying a lot of, you know, I started doing some research and kind of tailoring the story to, to Kanye West's life and it really kind of became its own thing to whereas I could... I wound up writing, rewriting at least 50%, if not more of it. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah, which <laughs> is way, way more than, I mean, it's not, it's not like a, a long book. It clocks in at what, 71 pages. Um, yeah, it's, I think it's like, it depends on the Kindle or whatever, but it's like around 80, 90 pages. It's, it's essentially a, a short, a longer short story. Right. You know? Right. But it, and I follow, I pretty, I follow pretty, I adhere to the structure of the original story. Mm-hmm. pretty closely but it's just a lot of added detail you know that I've, I think really kind of makes it its own thing yeah sure. absolutely because it did it felt familiar but then it also as somebody that took like a gothic literature class really did have the voice of those classic gothic like tales which yeah. was entertaining <laughs> Yeah, it's an interesting mix. <laughs> and I agree. Like, as soon as I saw on Facebook, like, a bunch of the Bizarro writers starting to post it and be like, this thing's happening, I got so happy. Like, I'm glad that somebody, <laughs> I'm glad somebody did this. Like, it, it needed to exist. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. It's uh, a. After I got the idea, I kind of ran it by my wife, who I like, you know, she's like the first to read every, like the first draft of all my stories and stuff like that. And she's, you know, really supportive and actually enjoys reading my stuff. But when I ran this idea by her, she was kind of like, eh, I don't know. (laughs) And that maybe that drove me even more to want to do it. Because uh, I'll show you. This is good. Yeah. All we need to do this. now is get the Kanye West Reanimator movie going. Oh man, yeah. You can that get well, you <laughs> could get Jay Farrow to uh, play Kanye. <laughs> or Kanye. Yeah. Or I mean, Kanye. It's, it's, it's I don't intense. think it would be I don't think you could have anyone else. I know. I mean I feel like if he 
was made aware of the book and he actually read what's in it, he he would probably be angry. <laughs> but at the same time, I don't think he would want anyone to play him but him. And he would feel <laughs> that he had to to play himself. I said agree. Yeah, he's he's in that catch twenty two. Yeah. He's like, This guy wrote this story and, and says that I killed my mother so I could raise her from the dead and I want to punch him in the face but I can't stand the thought of someone else being me so I'm just going to have to bite the bullet and be in this movie and produce yes. it and I probably direct it you know who knows <laughs> I just Absolutely. have such a huge smile on my face right now imagining the world that we would live in if that was a thing <laughs> I'm picturing like an Eddie Murphy scenario where he just plays every part in the movie. Oh yeah, that would be fantastic. <laughs> I mean, he could he could do every job on set. He'd be the d- director, the cinematographer. You know, he'll do all the lighting, Absolutely. set decorating. Because well, I don't think anyone else would want to be on that set. <laughs> um, the finished the finished product might be amazing, but it would probably be a nightmare. I'd love to watch it from like. A hidden camera or something like yeah i don't know if i'd want to be anywhere near it like a reality show he's he's a perfectionist and wants like real dead bodies on set yeah <laughs> worse <laughs> everything's I, gotta uh, be done real it's funny i i think legitimately i want kanye to act more because he's in the the robert rodriguez commercial for nike or adidas or something okay and he plays the villain and i think he's really great it's and it's almost in the style of Reanimator, where it's a little campy and like um, the movie anyway, and it's kind of overdone. And it's I find it very enjoyable, so I'm fully on board with this. Yeah, I'm surprised he hasn't stepped out into more acting. You know, well, he's just, got his fashion. Yeah, he <laughs> does have that. <laughs> I think the only like aside from his little role in Anchorman Two. Oh, so good. The only other thing I think I've seen him act in, and not his own movie, was uh, the Kobe Bryant Kobe System commercials. Right. And he did a good job there. Yeah, the commercial with uh, Robert Rodriguez is Kobe Bryant, too. So. Ah. He, like, sends his minions to for a five-on-one basketball battle with Kobe Bryant. <laughs> <laughs> and then like tries to push Kobe Bryant like off a ledge and ends up getting blown up in a helicopter or something it's all pretty great I mean what do you guys think of his as far as his uh, clothing line what do you guys as, as real fans of the man what can what's your honest opinion of those like that sackcloth he's got everyone wearing <laughs> those potato sacks I, uh, <laughs> I yeah I guess I, I don't have a huge problem with that I'm more on board with his message and everything and what he's trying to get across with it. Cause I, I mean, I fully believe he commits himself to things and it sounds endearing and he sounds really passionate about it. I honestly yeah. don't have an opinion on the clothing, I guess. I mean, I mean, are those I clothes I wear working out, but yeah, are those clothes people would actually wear or is he using fashion as, you know, like some sort of, you know, conceptual art where it's not meant for normal people to wear. It's just, it's meant to be seen on models in large groups. I think that's the opposite of his message, actually. I think he wants it to be like something um, kids can wear and sort of. Well, that's his message. <laughs> yeah. Very rich kids. Yeah, that's, that's. Well, no, that's the point of it is. Who want to look like hobos? He has, he has a 10 year plan and he wants to eventually like get it the price down. I mean, he's realistic. He can't just like 
connect, he can't connect with like the biggest fashion areas in the world, get on a New York art show and like produce these clothes that cost like $10 a target. Like the goal is to make them affordable for people. Um, I don't know. And Nicki, that's a Nicki Minaj has her clothes at target. Yeah. That's, I think it, I do think like, I don't know. I'm not, I don't think his, I find the fashion interesting. I don't think it's anywhere. I don't think it should be being seen yet <laughs> by anyone. Right. Like I, I feel like it, it would have been better for him if he had taken like a few more years of doing like behind the scenes things before releasing it. I think yeah. this is sort of like a, it would be like high school me putting stories on the internet or mm. college me putting stories on the internet and being like, I'm not developed yet. It's, um, but I do, I do like the message, but I do think again, it's, it's, creating controversy around him because he talks about like we don't need brands we need everybody to have right. things and like Travis you're talking about the 10 year plan but in the short term he's still sounding like hypocritical he's yeah. sounding hypocritical if you take it at face value but the point is to make the clothes cheaper and the way he does that is by branding them creating awareness and getting people on board with them so like they can eventually become affordable people I mean I, I'm we can get it to like what they actually look like, <laughs> like, um, and yeah, whether or not like he is being hypocritical. But I think ultimately the goal isn't hypocritical. So, but I mean, until then, those moon boots he's hawking cost a thousand dollars or more. Right. Yeah. The Yeezus boots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got three pairs. And uh, <laughs> do, you, do you really? No, no, no. I I don't own, I don't own anything. I you know just, who you know who has a couple pairs. Who President Obama. That's right. He sent them to him. Which I finally wanted to be president. I was just like, Can you imagine? Do you think Obama will ever wear those? I mean, imagine he came out in public wearing those. I think he goes to sleep in them. I mean, they, well, I mean, to me, they look like, you know, like slippers or Ugg boots or something. So they're very ugly. Yeah. They are very ugly. They're like, they're like Uggs and the Back to the Future 2 sneakers had a baby yeah I it would be awesome if they auto lace or <laughs> if they yelled at somebody to come tie them <laughs> that would be even better yeah in um, auto tune yeah well, what do you uh, what do you think is the most interesting thing that you've seen or heard of Kanye whether it's like a good interesting thing or a bad interesting thing just the thing that draws your attention the most about him Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I definitely feel like after writing this and doing some research, I definitely have a, at least a, a little better understanding of him as much as I can. And I, I kind of, I'm not as dismissive right off the bat or I'm, I'm not, I'm not as hard on him, you know, you know, being someone who doesn't really, is not familiar with a subject and then will be just like, ah, it's garbage. You know, right. I've kind of stepped back from that a little bit now that I know more. Yeah. It doesn't point. convert you to like a huge fan, but at the same time, you're not going to, you're going to give more of the benefit of the doubt in ways that you can. Yeah. It's just, I've been, you know, after spending time with him or him as a character, you know, and then, you know, continuing, you know, and like promoting this book and stuff, it's kind of, He's, he's become more important to me, you know? He's become a <laughs> sure. part of my life. 
He's, <laughs> he is our lives. <laughs> you know, that's actually what I wanted to mention was, I mean, for Chris and I especially, because we do this podcast, we analyze every word he's ever written down. We talk about things he does to the media, but he's such a present person. He Everybody knows so much about him. They know what he sounds like. So, like, to read this book... <laughs> Like, I can really see Kanye, like, doing these things <laughs> what Kanye would be doing these things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of them, definitely. <laughs> I think that's it's probably kind of crazy. Yeah, the most hilarious part about Kanye West's public persona is that none of this really seems, like, that <laughs> fictional. <laughs> like, it, it, yeah, it doesn't seem too far-fetched. Well, do you, could, you, could you find yourself, uh, like continuing to use Kanye West as a character and other, like, literary, um... I mean, I mean, a bu- you know, people have said that. They're like, oh, you gotta write a sequel, he runs for president and all this stuff, but, I mean, obviously I don't want to be the guy who just writes, you know, right. like, <laughs> Kanye mashups. <laughs> I do have higher literary aspirations. <laughs> to me, there's nothing higher, so I don't know. <laughs> And I just, I don't know if there would be another, any other source material that would be, work as well. I mean, you could make like him the monster in Frankenstein. I mean, <laughs> I just feel like it would, then I would just be jumping around like from yeah, famous yeah. book to famous book. Because like I said, like for me, like this, the idea started out as a punchline because the name was similar. And then, you know, as I was writing it, I kind of saw the parallel, so I wouldn't want to do something else then where the parallel wasn't as evident, you know. I would mm-hmm. want to continue that trend. Right, like you just Also, put- too, I would... This book is, like, from his beginning, basically, till just about the present. So if I wanted to write about him now from then on, I don't have as much real-life material to, to take from. True. I would have to wait a few years, maybe see what happens with his presidential bid and whatnot. <laughs> uh, I just imagine like inserting Kanye into random, random stories and seeing what chaos unfolds. Like, sure. <laughs> like Kanye in uh, Great Gatsby. And so, like as a brand new character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love this. Yeah, I, I could see him fitting into that world. You know. Absolutely. Yeah, he's just in an argument with Gatsby the whole time. <laughs> oh, uh, boy. Well, uh, and how, any uh, any literary endeavors underway currently? Uh, I mean, I've been, I've been doing a, focusing mostly on promoting this for the last, since it came out, it's been about, it's been since like, uh, sometime in September, it's been available and, uh, I have a handful of uh, short stories that have that have been published in print and online, and uh, I got a couple more coming out in in before the end of the year. And I think uh, as soon as things settle down, I kind of just want to get back to got a bunch of stories I'm working on, and I want to get those polished and get those out there. Cool. And then who knows, maybe sometime in the future, start thinking about a novel, and you know. Uh, a real non-Kanye novel. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think all novels are in their own way a little Kanye. Well, I mean, now if he's a part of my life, it's going to be a bit of him and everything, so <laughs> I don't know if I could avoid it. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad to have you on the team. 
Uh, well, thanks for uh, joining us for the interview. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man, this this was awesome. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and people can get your book Amazon Kindle, right? Yeah, on, on Amazon, the ebook and the paperback, uh, BarnesandNoble.com. Uh, they have it at Powell's in Portland, which is an awesome bookstore. Powell's is hopefully, awesome. Hopefully, a few other in, independent bookstores will be picking it up. So awesome. It's out there. <laughs> <laughs> and it might be trying to find you and kill you. So <laughs> so, so please let it. Yeah. Let it, let it devour you. Just stop struggling. <laughs> Should we give a shout out to whoever did the cover art? Because it's awesome. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Uh, the art itself was done by Dyer Wilk. Um, and he did an amazing job. I couldn't be happier with it. It's and I, I really credit him with... Basically, like, the cover is 90% of what sells the book as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, totally. I mean, <laughs> I mean you know, it, it's a high concept and it's funny. And I'm sure, you know, once people get reading, they'll enjoy it. But, like, just as far as, like, catching the eye and making people want it, like, the, the cover does it. The cover sells it. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And I'm so happy with it. And uh, the design of it was done by Matthew Revert, who uh, does a lot of the design and cover work for Lazy Fascist Press and a bunch of bunch of other indie presses and even some higher profile uh, people. And uh, Yolo House Press, who put it out, it's uh, Cameron Pierce of Lazy Fascist and and Matthew Revert and Molly Tanzer, who is a uh, the, she, uh, the author of the book of Vermilion, and uh, she's kind of like a, the resident Lovecraft. Uh, <laughs> you know, she's the, as far as uh, information is concerned, she's like the Lovecraft guru. So yeah. those are the people behind it and who saw something in it and said, yes, we will put <laughs> this in, into the world. And Cameron's, uh, Cameron's been doing a lot of good work with Lazy Fascist. Oh, so. yeah. I love them. I mean, they put out so many interesting books. And, like, when I wanted to find someone to put this out, like, they were the first people I thought of. Mm-hmm. And I'm so happy that they're involved. And, yeah, I mean, it's a perfect situation as far as I'm concerned. And funny enough, I, like, my book, the cover was done by Matthew Revert. So I didn't even realize until <laughs> we started talking that uh, we had that connection. Yeah, it's a small world. Yeah. Do and the connection of loving West. <laughs> and that one. Yeah, well, I'm getting well, there. Yeah, coming along. <laughs> we'll we'll send we'll send you some tracks. <laughs> we'll make you a we'll make you a mixtape. <laughs> Only if it's like, on no cassette. Okay. okay. Okay, we can do that. Yeah. <laughs> Travis, I'll I'll let you do that. <laughs> okay, great. Great. Alright, well, this is uh Watching the Throne. I'm Chris. Travis. And this was Josh joining us. And uh, such a weird way to end this. I don't think we've ever done this. (laughs) No. Thank you very much. Yeah. Until we Kanye again. (laughs) Goodbye.